can be seated. We do appreciate you coming today, and we hope that this is, um, this is really, 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 uh, I guess for lack of a better word, ringing your bell. I hope it is. Uh, and I don't mean that offensively. I mean that I, there was a time I was not raised in an environment like this, and um, I don't want to overstay that, but the bottom line is when I met you folks years ago, um, there was just something about the atmosphere that, that, that caused me to really rethink everything that I was doing and from a religious standpoint. And so um, hopefully today the same thing is happening. Um, to our friends over at Maverick, God bless you. We hope you're listening. We appreciate you tuning in. Everybody say, we love Maverick. We love Maverick. Yeah, yeah. Lower your gas prices. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, uh, but whatever. We we appreciate you tuning in, and we love to um, we love to have people come. And this has been a different age. We're doing lots of stuff that we didn't do years ago. We didn't even think was possible, and now all of a sudden it becomes the norm. And so, um, and I and I still uh, and I'm not trying to be uh, dumbfounded, but I don't know all the Lord is doing. I just know that by faith and, and things of that nature, things can happen and they will happen. And, um, and I, I just, wow, I'm, that's what I say, wow, over the situation. Um, you know, in the book of Exodus, I don't know if you're familiar with this, first of all, um, it's a tremendous journey that God takes us through. We've been talking about that a lot here lately, uh, the journey and uh, life, I guess is what you want to put it, and uh, all the different things that happened. Sister Carnahan and I had a moment to reflect yesterday, and we were just look, thinking of all the things, you know, when we first got together, when we first got married, and all the things that, that came into that. It was just, again, we just smile at each other and go, wow, isn't God great? And that's the truth. But all of the things that just had to come together that first year we were married, um, uh, walking down Grandview Avenue hand in hand. We like that. Um, but it's just amazing how you just look back and you say, man, God had his hand on that. Wow, he just did. I mean, because I'm sure people looked at us and said, boy, you know, wait until the honeymoon's over. You know, they're going to, they're, you know, reality will hit them square in the head, um, you know, one of these days. And not to say that it hasn't, but... Um, you know, we still are very much in love with each other. We really are. Well, she's still my very special gal. And, and other than receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name, and having the privilege to ongoingly repent, she is the prized possession for me. And because she has been just an absolute partner in all of this. Very, very little resistance. I have been blessed. I'm talking about in the ministry. Um, I've been in a lot of positions, and, and, and God is, uh, for some reason, you know, people thought I should be in them, and I, I've always argued with that, but nevertheless, I've seen a lot of things, and I've seen the closeness of a family that can really make the difference in the things that we have to go through, and so I appreciate that, and I have counted that as a very big privilege, praise God. Husband and wives, I don't know if you're aware of this, other than your relationship with Jesus Christ, that will probably be the closest relationship you'll ever have. And the Bible says the two join together. I don't know quite exactly how that works, but it does. I mean, that's what the Scripture says. And so God uses that metaphor or that example to say that that's what's going to happen to us one of these days. You know, the bride of Christ. We talked last week about the prophetic, essential prophetic events that are happening. 
you know, and one of the major ones that's coming is, of course, the catching away of the church. I have no idea when that's going to happen. I thought it was going to happen 40-some-odd years ago when I first came into the church, but it hasn't. But I know it is going to happen. They call it the imminent return of the Lord. What that means is he's going to ha- it's going to come. And so this is what we're preparing ourselves for. And so to get back about the subject of the journey, that's what you're on. You're on a journey to prepare yourself for the things that God has in store for us. The Bible says that I have not seen, neither ear heard, neither has even entered into the heart the things that God has in store for them that love him. Okay? But, and I like that but, you know, it says he has revealed these to us by his spirit. And that's why the essentiality of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not something I make any apology over. I, there's no way I could ever figure out even the little bit that I have figured out in this Bible without the Spirit of God. And I make no pretense about that. And so I'm so glad that we can have this journey in Jesus' name. And I hope that from time to time, you'll actually even enjoy the journey. It's one of the accusations my wife gives me a lot. She says, well, you just got to get there. And you, you get in a car, and I'm focused. <laughs> What's the quickest route? Where can I, you know, roads, yeah. Get out of my way. This is my road, you know. I can't understand what you're doing on this road today. I was driving here, you know, so I'm focused and I want to get there and all that kind of business. And um, sometimes that is to a great detriment. She has always been better at enjoying the journey than I am. And so I have a teacher in my home. And as I get older, I am learning to slow down. I think I have slowed down. Uh, I'm looking for affirmation here, okay? Okay, all right, just so you know. Um, but I have, and, and I'm going to slow down even a little bit more, not get lazy and get dumb and all that business, but I, I really do believe there's a tremendous journey. In the um, uh, book of Exodus, you have such a journey that you and I have the privilege to learn from, glean from, that type of thing. And um, hopefully we are, you know, I spoke Wednesday night about three aspects of uh, um, uh, kind of the preliminaries of salvation that need to kind of come and get a hold of us. You know, salvation is based upon a born-again experience. Can you say amen? But a lot of things don't just happen all at once. You know, I've always taught over the years three aspects of salvation. There's an initial salvation. Born again gets you into the kingdom of God. That's what it is. That's not a religion. That's not somebody's point of view. That's what Jesus taught. He told a very religious man that you must be born again. And he put that must before there so that there would be no option. Now, some people get intimidated by that. I feel like it's a tremendous invitation. And so the born again experience is there. It it can be claimed by anybody. There's no qualifications there because we couldn't get enough qualifications for it. Jesus had to qualify that for us. Now, understandably, once we are born again, then there becomes responsibility to the kingdom of God. You know, a lot of people in this world, and I know some of them, that have been tremendous mentors to me and helped to me about taking responsibility for areas of my life. But it's only God that helps me to realize that once I am saved, once I have been realized that I, that I have been bought with his blood, there come, becomes a responsibility to me to, to put my allegiance towards him. And people sometimes struggle with it. No, I shouldn't say sometimes. People all the time struggle with that because we just want something for nothing. That's just built in us, folks. That's part of our fallen nature. 
that we want everybody else to pay, but we don't want to. And God says, no, if you're going to be a part of this kingdom for eternity, you're going to make some investments. You're going to make some investments. And so I don't have a problem with that, and I hope that you don't either. And so finding out what those investments are, what's required of me from the Lord, is kind of a long journey that we take. And so God wants to help us. But being delivered is one of the most important things. I'm going to sing about that here in just a minute. I, as we were, I was talking about this Wednesday night, actually it's before Wednesday night. Back when we came into the church, um, they used things like this. Hymnals. And they were considered old-fashioned, but boy, they just, it was a book full of songs. And that's what we sang. We did a few courses, that type of thing, but most of what we sang were songs. And a lot of those songs had stories to tell. And so if you would put some of that to memory, you could, you could memorize that. Now, before you think I'm off my rocker here a little bit, let me show you something in that journey, that born-again, being-delivered journey. Look at the, um, uh, uh, the uh, 15th chapter of the book of Exodus. Now, this is right after the Red Sea scene, you know, where they were having a meltdown the night before. You know, they came up against that Red Sea, and they just thought, man, God's stupid. He's foolish. He just let us out here so that the Egyptians could come and capture us again. And sometimes we find ourselves with that kind of train of thought. And boy, I mean to tell you, we need to get rid of it as soon as possible. Because God is a just God. He's a faithful God. He doesn't make any mistakes. None. In fact, I'm going to tell you, everything that's happening to, happening to you right now is because He allows it. And so you, we must understand it. We must come to that kind of thinking that God, I, there's nothing I can blame God with. Nothing. He's faithful. He's powerful. All that kind of business. But like the nation of Israel, because it was people that He delivered, they had a problem with it. And it's because they had their own little version of it. And that's what we do sometimes. We have our own little versions of how God should do things. And, man, I don't know about you, but on a weekly basis, God changes that stuff in my mind. He has to. Because, my goodness, folks, you guys would really be in trouble if I was God. I'm telling you right now, as much as I forget, I'm telling you, you guys would be in big trouble. And so, that's a good thing. I'm not, you're not, He is God. And so... A lot of what God does for us or the events that surround that is to reaffirm that. Reaffirm that. Sister Carnahan and I were talking about the places we lived in in, in in Dubuque and just how God opened up those doors and how, you know, we lived in this, you know, uh, 30 styles house upstairs. And we just, we just, both of us just remembered yesterday that it didn't have a shower. It just had a bathtub. And neither of us can remember taking a bath. Now, that's a bad thing, but we did. I know we took at least two or three of them. <laughs> but we, we thought about that, and we thought, wow, you know, there was no complaints. We were just glad to get a place. We just went, we were just happy together. You know how the turtles sing? You know, I mean, that's just what we were. And it was a simple time for us, and we grew in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and in each other. And we moved into a little bigger apartment. You know, you start having kids. 
you know, why do we got to have all these kids? No, it, we were glad to have them, you know. And, um, and so we moved into a bigger place, and then we finally bought, we bought our first place. Yeah, here it was, a monumental time. And you're going to laugh at this, but we bought a 1973 mobile home, single wide. Paid $5,000 for it. Yeah, that was big money back then. Making payments on our own little home. You know, up there, and, and we had our little place, and we just, we just had a ball. We just really did. For five years, we lived in that and, um, and sold it. You know, I'll tell you how great of an entrepreneur I am. I sold it five years later for the same amount of money I bought, except I took the washer and dryer. So I gained a washer and dryer in five years. Wasn't that something? And then we ended up on Queen Street, you know, and that was the last place we lived in Dubuque before we were leaving. God was already dealing with us when we hold that, sold that mobile home about leaving, you know. And so we got to Queen Street, and we lived there, and we have, always have had nice neighbors. Always, God has always taken care of us that way. And I know these are things that we take for granted. But, folks, I'm telling you something. You can see the hand of God in your life. That song we sang this morning should be one of those songs that we sing. Give thanks unto the Lord because he has been good to us. And so this is the journey he takes us with, you know. And so God is just so good to us. But in the 15th chapter of the book of Exodus, after they had the, the Red Sea meltdown and God opened it up, praise God, the scripture says at the end of that previous chapter that God saved Israel out of the hand of the, uh, of the Egyptians. That's what he did. And my goodness, as plain as the nose on your face, it happened. Nobody else could have done that. And that's how you need to consider the sin nature that God has taken care of in your life. Nobody else could have done that. I don't care how disciplined you get yourself. I don't care how many vitamins you take. It doesn't make any difference how, how good a shape you try to be in. There's a nature that can only be handled by the hand of God. And he's willing to do that. Praise God. Amen. I feel like I need to do this now. And I was going to do it tonight, but I'm going to do it now. There are gestures that the nation of Israel has taught us. The, na the nation, actually a lot of this praise and worship that you and I do, a lot of this came from them. God gave it to them. He gave them in ways to do it. And there were gestures that the, na that, that the Jews or, the, or the, the Hebrews would make that would signify how they felt about God. Let me give you three of those gestures that some of you, you know, the Bible says to lift up holy hands without wrath. That's what the, the mandate of the men is, you know, in the New Testament. So I believe in lifting up the hands. It's not some ritual. It is a signal. It's a gesture to God. There's something about that. And the first gesture that God, that, um, or one of the gestures that the nation of Israel had was a gesture where their palms would be straight out. When they lifted up their hands, their palms would be straight out. Try that. Both hands. Yeah. Have those palms right straight out. Yeah. And you know what that signified to God? That they were surrendering. That's what that meant. And some of you need to really, really, really consider that in your daily walk. Instead of coming to God with your little Santa Claus list and wanting God to do everything for you, why don't you consider the first thing coming out of your mouth saying, God, I surrender all to you. 
Oh, I understand there's about two or three spirits in here that just got offended by that. But I'm going to tell you right now, praise God, if you could get over that one quickly, I'm going to tell you something. God could begin to pour in some stuff in your life. He could begin to do some things for you that would, you know, that, that, that would help this reoccurring falling all the time. I'm telling you the truth, praise God, if we would just surrender to Him. And the vast majority of this church, they do that. That's why you come into a good place. These people know how to surrender themselves to the Lord. That's why you don't have to sing 25 or 30 songs to get them all jicked up. Usually by the end of the first verse, praise God, we got a good portion of this church that's standing on their feet. That they're saying, hey, I'm glad I'm here. I want to give it all to God in the name of Jesus. That's what you feel in here. And sometimes you feel intimidated, but really what it is is we're, we're provoking the daylights out of you. We know what God wants to do. Another gesture that God would do, praise God, it, or, or that the nation of Israel would do is that they would, they would lift their hands and they would put their palms inward like that. And what that meant or what that signaled to God was, God, whatever you have for me, I want you to pour it into my life. Come on, the Bible says that if we believe on the Lord as the Scripture saith, out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. Well, you can't flow until you can catch that rain barrel. And that's what they, why they would do that. They would literally put their hands out, and that would signify that they are ready to receive. They're ready to receive from the things of God. And I'm going to tell you something. You think that's such a simple thing, but you'd be surprised how many people will come to church and they're not ready for that. That's one of the reasons I've always, uh, I developed a, a, um, a tradition in my own life, and that is to go to that prayer room and do whatever it takes to prepare myself. Because I never know, and you don't either, what God is going to do. But you know that God is going to do something. And I want to catch it, praise God. And so that's why they would do that. They would lift both of their hands, and it'd be just like a giant funnel. And they'd just say, God... Oh, I want you to do that. Why don't you try that, somebody? Come on, I believe that the Lord's in here. The just abundance of grace. Come on, and healing and deliverance is in this house right now. You can call upon the name of the Lord, and you don't have to be embarrassed, ashamed, or anything like that, because He's here to supply our needs according to His riches and glory. Oh, hallelujah. What a tremendous opportunity. Oh, come on. I'm not working on total feelings here, folks, but doesn't that feel good? Come on, doesn't that just kind of rest well with your spirit right now? Doesn't that feel like that's a natural thing that we ought to be doing? That we ought to be able to surrender to the Lord every day? That we ought to be able to cup our hands and say, God, whatever you got for me, praise God, I want you to just bring it in in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. And if you study their worship, they would do this in a certain order. Amen. And that's why the surrender and the confess to God was the first sense of order. Praise God. God, if there's anything in me, you know, if there's anything in me that doesn't belong, I don't want oil and water mixing. I want to be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And then I'm open for the things that God wants to do. And then another one, and there was like eight or, seven or eight of them that a guy taught one time. And I'm only going to highlight three of them here this morning. Another gesture that they would make would be they would get down, they would bend over. There's something about being bent in the kingdom of God that, 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 that brings about humility. And what they would do is they would bend down, and then they would cup their hands, and they would bring that up, and they would give it back to the Lord. And it would signify that, God, whatever you do give to me, 
Praise God. I'm just going to bring it back to you. This is something American Christians could really, really learn. Praise God. We want God to come in and give us all kinds of stuff. And what are we willing to give back to the Lord? Come on, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to help you. Because if God can begin to trust you with his treasures, there is an limitless, uh, I mean, there's an unlimited supply that God can bring into, the, into, your, into your life in Jesus' name. And that's why God wants to, wants to make sure that he can, you know, that we, he can be trusted, that we can trust him. Praise God. And so many times the blessings of God, which are designed to bring us closer to Him and help our relationship, sometimes will move us further ahead and say, or behind, you know, away from Him and say, well, God, I don't need you now. I have all of this. And we don't understand, you know, how, how, how quickly all of these things can go in Jesus' name. And so consider these things from time to time. I can't tell you I do it every time I pray, but from time to time, God brings back those gestures to me. And I will do that even while I'm praying. Not to try to put on a show, because I try to do it when, you know, when nobody's looking. But the bottom line is, praise God, I want, I want to be able to surrender to God every day. I want to be able to open myself up. First of all, cleanse me, God. You know, praise God. The 51st Psalm is, is an excellent Bible study to have. You know, David in his brokenness gave us some tremendous ideas of what it means to be broken. Praise God. And the benefits of that. And then, you know, you know to be forgiven and how God can restore in Jesus' name. Isn't that amazing? That's powerful how God does that. Amen. And so these gestures, you know, are not meant to be a showy thing. They're meant to be something that will help us to, en to enhance our relationship with God. But back to the 15th chapter of the book of Exodus. After they were delivered from the nation of, Israel, of, of Egypt, and God did a magnificent work. We can't emphasize that enough. That's deliverance. Praise God. Amen. And deliverance, a lot of deliverance is just making a pact with God, with his help and commitment to God, saying, I'm not going back. You know, if you study the book of Exodus, you're going to find that that's, that was still in the language of many of the people who were taken out of Egypt. That when times got hard, you know, right away they'd say, well, we should just go back to Egypt. We had a bad, better there, and boy, you talk about a deceptive, deceptive lie. My goodness, those were the hardest times of your life when you were under bondage to Egypt. But yet people forget. And so being delivered is one of those things that gives us an opportunity to look forward, not backwards. And that's what the nation of Israel needed to do. But in order to enhance that, God did things. You know, God knows exactly how we're built. And that's why one of the things that did stand out about you people when I first came to the first few services I was coming to was your singing. Wow. You know, it was just powerful. And it was, and I was involved in music in the world, so I understood what good, you know, what, you know, I had a little bit of that. I understood what a good voice was. I understood what good talent was. But what was different, and it took me a few services to figure this out, that what was different was there was an anointing there. And not just any anointing. There was an anointing from God, which started to help me understand that there were no highs or lows in the services. That as soon as we got there, 
God's anointing was with the praying. God's anointing was in the singing. I used to think, you know, it wasn't a good service until we got to the preaching, which I, I believe in preaching and the, and the teaching of the Word, but boy, I, God has since really, really worked my motor over. You know, God anoints the whole thing. That's what He does. And He's still doing that hundreds and thousands of years later. But watch this. Look at um, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 15 and verse number 1. You know, actually let me read 30, the 31st verse of the 14th chapter. Amen. Some of you are learning that the chapters and verses were added. Yeah, it's all the same story. The Bible says in 14th chapter of Exodus and, and verse 31, And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Kind of like a Sunday night service, huh? We can go home and everybody can get some sleep tonight. Man, everything's okay. You know, it'd be great if we didn't have to wake up on Monday morning, though, wouldn't it? And that's what happens. We wake up on Monday morning and all of a sudden, you know, we, it's almost like it appears out of everywhere, you know. Um, why did she do that? What was he trying to prove when he did that? Right out of the blue. After having a great service. Everything's okay. Everybody got under the blood. But all of a sudden, man, it don't take us long at all to get carnal again, does it? And again, I'm not finding fault, folks. I'm really trying to help somebody here. If you're looking for a perfect life, you know, you're way ahead of the game. Now, we can be perfect in Christ, but I'm going to tell you something. We still got that fallen nature inside of us, and we must make provision for that. And here's one of the things that Moses did. The Bible says in verse number 1, 15 and 1, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. Now, I don't know how good of a voice Moses had. I have no idea. But for the next 19, actually 20-some verses, you're going to see song. He gave them something they could sing. Praise God. And this is why, again, it all works together. We think that some of the services are highs and lows and that kind of thing, and God has got something involved in every part of it. Now, I remember, you know, when I, I told you before when we first came to the church that a lot of this was all brand new to us, and I had no idea what you folks were doing. I never heard of these songs before. But all of a sudden, I started listening and I started singing them, and all of a sudden, it, it just started to make sense. And this was one that came to my mind, you know, and I hope somebody can be ministered here today, you know. Uh, the song is called, He Brought Me Out. And I thought of this when, I, when, when, we were, um, when, when we were talking about this Wednesday night about how the Lord has delivered us and how he's given us the law so that we would have protection and how he's given us a form of worship, praise God, that would help us to draw closer to him. I mean, you talk about a brilliant plan. But I know Sister Carnan, I don't know if she has the words to this. It doesn't matter. I've got them here, and I think I can see them. But the, the bottom line is, I want you to think about this song. Praise God as I sing it. Praise God. Well, he, well, whoops, wrong key. Well, he brought me out of the mire clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. 
puts a song in my soul today. It's a song of praise, hallelujah. Yes, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on that rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. It's a song of praise, hallelujah. Now listen to this verse. Listen to the verse. My heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown. And low in the pit where my sins dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay who tenderly brought me out this golden day. Hallelujah! Because he brought me out of the miry clay. Oh, he set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. It's a song of praise. Hallelujah. Listen to the second verse. Well, he placed me upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established, and here I'll abide. I'll falling while here I remain, but I'll stand by his grace until the crown I gain. Come on! He brought me out of the miry clay. Oh, he set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. It's a song of praise. Hallelujah. Now listen to the third verse. He gave me a song. T'was a new song of praise. By day and by night, its sweet notes I will raise. My heart's overflowing. I'm happy and free. Because I'll praise my Redeemer who has rescued me. Hallelujah. He brought me out of the miry clay. And he set my feet on the rock to stay. It's a song in my soul today. It's a song of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, another verse. Amen. I'll sing of his wonderful mercy to me. And I'll praise him till all men this goodness shall see. I'll sing of salvation at home and abroad. Tell many shall hear the truth and trust in God. Come on! Because he brought me out of the miry clay and he set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. It's a song of praise. Hallelujah. One last verse, amen. Now I'll tell of the pit with its gloom and despair. I'll praise the dear Father who answered my prayer. I'll sing my new song, the story of love. Then I'll join in the chorus with the saints above. Amen. 
Mary Clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. It's a song of praise. Hallelujah. Because he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. It's a song in my soul today. It's a song of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody needs to sing. Oh, oh, Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, isn't that cool? Isn't that cool what God does? Praise God. You can be seated. Praise God. Amen. That's what God did when I came into the church. He gave me songs to sing. He gave me stories that I could tell myself while I was singing those songs. And that's what we need to get back to, folks. One of the things that, that really did, and I, I'm not here to judge, I'm not here to size up or anything like that, but some of the songs we're singing aren't anointed. And it's because they got me all over it. They got, what can you do for me? What more can you do for me, God? And I'm noticing that. And I'm, I'm not saying the songs that we sing in here. I'm just saying these are some of the songs I'm hearing on the so-called Christian radio station. And I'm not trying to be critical. Music is music. But listen to me. Once you discover the anointing of God in a song, oh, I mean to tell you folks, you realize that there's no, there's no substitute for that. And so a lot of what we do sometimes is we're trying to sing songs that God is not anointing. He's not doing that. He's not that way. And so that's why I appreciated, and that's why some of these songs that they were singing when I came in, I wondered why they were anointed. But then, you know, I've never been much of a word person. You know, I, I never have been. When I was in a rock band, I would make them all up. I'm serious. I wouldn't. I, I just would. People look at me and say, Mick Jagger never said that. Well, I know. I just sang whatever I come into my mind. And that's how I would do it because I had a poor memory, you know. But God, through Scripture, has helped to heal that a little bit. And he's helped me to understand that important things you can remember in Jesus' name. And so these songs, they started, they started standing out. And I started looking at the songs and, and, and memorizing and, 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 and humming along with the songs. And they began to make sense. Praise God. I mean, think of this song, this song here. And this is just one of many. And I'm going to start digging some of these out. I'm going to do it because I feel like we need it. And I'm not, I'm not against, Sister Chrissy does a great job. She picks good songs, she prays about it and all that business, and I, I appreciate that. But man, there's some songs that you need to start singing, praise God. He placed me upon a strong rock by his side. My steps were established, and here I'll abide. You see, that goes right along with being delivered. That you say, I'm not going back. He brought me out. Praise God. Yeah, I'll be tempted. Yeah, I'll be, there'll be some times when I, I'm going to think about it a little bit. But man, the bottom line is he brought me out of that mess. Come on, God has done that. And you can remind yourself of that every day. But you have to. Praise God. 
I was telling the discipleship class on Thursday night, you know, they, they, everybody, they kind of look at me and they think, oh, well, Brother Carnahan never has any problems. I mean, he never gets tempted. He just goes through life and he's just, he's about three feet off the ground when he walks. Are you kidding me? Man, I'll be driving down the street sometimes. And they all came down to Montfort out the Lake Geneva shoreline making music with the mobile. You know what that is? Oh, don't you look at me. That's smoke on the water. Yeah, I sang that song. And so, I, you know, it isn't completely erased out of my memory. But, you know, right away, i got to replace that with, He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. Come on, folks, that's what God does. He realizes where you came from. Come on, as much as you like to look at and, and think, oh, yeah, I'm just... No, he knows exactly what's in your little, little head, praise God. And he knows how to get that out. He knows how to subst- you know, bring something into your mind, praise God, that will create good things for him. That's what we got to do. That's, what we, that's the journey. Come on, that's the journey we're on. We don't pull off the side of the road and say, well, I'm just going to wait until the Lord comes back. Man, you'll be lost. You've got to keep moving forward. And in order to do that, praise God, God will bring some things into your life that are designed to replace the things. That's what they're designed to do, to replace the things that, 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 that we get caught up in. And so then God gives us the law, and he puts a fence around our life. Now, uh, granted, we can open the gate up. And a lot of times we do. We just let it come in, praise God. And we got this deception, folks. We got this idea that somehow we can live worldly and live for God at the same time. And that one is going to mess you up royally. Now listen, I'm not here to hack on you because you're making mistakes. I'm just here, don't ever get to a place where you think you can take those mistakes and begin to negotiate a relationship with God. That's why God gave us the idea of confession. That's why God said, you can come, and I'm faithful. If you'll confess your faults to me, I am faithful, and I will keep cleansing you by the blood that I shed on Calvary. That's what God guaranteed he would do. But you and I, sometimes we want to negotiate these things. We want to just say, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I can do this you know, at the same time. And listen, folks, I've been there myself. And so we must understand that, you know, that God will begin to put laws into our hearts, praise God. That's what he's doing different in this New Testament, by the way. Let me show you something here. Look at the book of, 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 um, of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel. And of course, it's a, prophetic, uh, it's, a, it's a prophecy, but that prophecy is happening even right now. Amen. And, 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 and what God prophesied, and, and it's because he told us in the book of, of Jeremiah, he said that the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And, you know, even though your heart and my heart is cleansed, it still is deceitful. You and I still have a little bit of a naive nature. That we kind of believe some things are going to be okay and, 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 and that kind of thing. And it's not true. And so God has to help us. And one of the things that the law has designed to do is to help us in that area. That God has put laws into us. But here's what he's doing. In the Old Testament, you know, God wrote that law in stone. 
That's what he did. And then he had the nation of Israel, which, who were in charge of the oracles of God, writing everything down. That's why back in 1947, when they began to excavate those hills, you know, and they began to find these big pots, and these pots were full of these scrolls. And these scrolls, were the, uh, some of them were the, were the word of God. And God had those things preserved. Why? Because they were written down. And that's what he is. But I want to tell you what he's doing now. What he's doing now and why it's so important for you to have a dedicated, consecrated life with God. Because if your heart is not cleansed, if your heart is not renewed, God isn't going, is, is, is going to be very hard for God to put these things on your heart. And so that's why the regiment that we're in, the journey that we're in, doesn't say we don't make any mistakes. It just says that when we do, we get right back up and we go right on with the journey. Yes, we confess. Yes, I surrender to you, God. Yes, God, now I'm ready for you to put something in there. And whatever I got, God, I'm going to give it back to you. That's what we begin to do. And that is a repeat in our lives. That you will repeat for the rest of your life. I hope, anyway. But watch this. The scripture says, he says, the Bible says in verse 25, 36 and 25, Ezekiel, it says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all of your filthiness, and from all of your idols will I cleanse you. And notice who's doing the cleansing. And then it says, a new heart. The Bible says, also will I give you and a new spirit. Notice that's not capitalized. It says, will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of, uh, of flesh. That's what's happening. My heart was, was stone when I came into a place like this. And God had to help that. He had to heal that. And that's what repentance helped me with, is it helped me to begin to have a softened heart. And God began to put that new heart in. And so now what is he doing? The Bible says in verse 27, and I will put my spirit within you, somebody say amen, and cause you to walk in my statures, and ye shall keep my judgments, it says, and do them. What God is doing now is not writing them on stone. He's writing them on our hearts. That's what God's finger is doing right now. And some of you have been resisting that. And one of the reasons you have is because you don't think you can do it. And I'm going to say you're half right. You can never do it without God. And that's why your dedication to the Lord is what preserves that. It doesn't mean you become a perfect person. It just means that you position yourself into a place where God can continue to renew you and continue to give you that process. And you begin to make commitments to God that you know you can keep. And you say, I ain't going back. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going back, praise God. I'm going to stay here. This rock is mine, praise God. And listen, it took me a while when I first got into the church to make that kind of a commitment. But man, when I did, things began to accelerate in my life. Not because I'm better than you. Not because I had a pastoral calling in my life. No, it's because God could do these things. The scripture says that he is able 
Come on. He is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all that we ask or think. But don't forget the kicker. The Bible says it's according to the power that works in us. We are his workmanship now that we can exhibit good works to the world, not because of our righteousness, but because of the righteousness that he puts in our lives. That's what God is. And so what he does is he said, now you don't have to go back to that lifestyle. And just like the nation of Israel, praise God, there were people that just had a hard time with that. Amen. It's amazing to me. Let me give you an example of this. Let me show you. The Bible says in the book of Exodus, we were just there, and I'm just about done here, but in the book of Exodus, we, 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 we saw the journey. We saw that God had taken care of the nation of Israel. That, that I mean to tell you, he just took care of business. Praise God. And the scripture says, where was I at here? Yeah, here it is. I just had it. I, sorry. Praise God. Yeah, here it is. You know, the 15th chapter, 15, Exodus chapter 15. And so he gives Moses a song. Amen. And Moses sings that song. I'm not going to sing it to you, you know, but it's a good song. All the way from verse number, let's see if I can see it here. Verse number two, the Lord is my strength. Ooh, that don't sound too bad, does it? Maybe that was amazing. You try it. Come on. The Lord is my strength. Come on, you ever try that in a prayer room? Come on, you ever try that when you were driving down the street and maybe you had the blues and you needed to get the glads? Come on. That's what he did. He sang that. Come on, let's try it again. The Lord is my strength. There you go. Now come on. That next verse is, he does that. He sings that. The Lord is a man of war. You want to know why? Because they saw what he could do. And so he began to sing that. And you know something? Songs have a way of being catchy. Because look at verse number 20. Exodus 15 and 20. All of a sudden. Whoa. Moses isn't the only, only singer around here. Come on, Miriam got with the action, didn't she? And the Bible says the sister of Aaron took a timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. Do you see how this expanded? And she began to sing, praise God. Come on, ladies, sing it with her. Sing unto the Lord. Come on, ladies. Oh, my goodness gracious. Come on. You can do better than that. Come on, ladies. Come on, doesn't that sound familiar? I will sing unto the Lord a new song. Oh, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the Come on, for one big reason. God is great. And he's greatly to be praised. Our God is great. And he's greatly to be praised. Come on, ladies. You got a song. Sing unto the Lord a new song. We can do it. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. All the earth. 
Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the year. This is it because he is. He's greatly. That's right. God is great and he's greatly to be praised. Come on, lift up those hands. Come on, in surrender. Come on, lift up those hands and surrender right now. Come on, lift up those hands and surrender and say, God, I surrender this to you. You're the only God. You're the only one that deserves the praise. You're the only one that deserves the glory. You're the only one. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, he is so good. He is so good. That's why when you sit there, now come on, I'm not trying to get on anybody's bad side here, but I'm going to call a spade a spade, folks. When you sit there and you mope and you will fold your arms and you won't do anything for the Lord, that tells me that you're signaling to God that either you don't believe Him or you just don't want to do it. Now, that's, in any case, that's your business, but not in this house. Praise God, I'm going to get you. I'm going to tell everybody, you need to get out of that and you need to lift up your hands and you need to stand up and you need to praise Him. You need to give him praise. Come on. He's the one that died for you. Come on. He's the one that died for you. Oh, hallelujah. That's how I feel about it. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And again, I understand. I understand I'm grasping at emotions now, that type of thing. And this is a whole lot easier said than done. But this is the kind of journey that God has put us on. This is what He's done. He's done so much for us. And that's why places like this are designed to enhance that. Come on. How would you like to come into this place and have me stand up here and say, man, I don't know how we're going to make it. My goodness, the world's getting rotten, man. My goodness, I think things are going to be so bad. You know, I, I just don't think we're going to make it. How would you like that? Do you want somebody up here doing that? Do you want some song leader singing some House of the Blues? Come on. We've been given an opportunity. We've been given a journey, praise God, where God has brought us out. He's brought us out of this stuff. And you and I can make up our minds in the name of Jesus to stay out. That is something that God has given us the ability to do. Amen. Do you want to know what it's called? Yeah. Do you want to know what it's called? It's going to shock some of you. But it's called a choice. That's what it's called. God gave me the ability to choose to come to church or not. God gave me the ability to choose to open up my Bible or not. God gave me a choose to gave me a choice to whether or not I'm going to participate in the songs. And I understand you can't take that away from human nature. And so that is the thing that makes the difference, praise God. Is that when you and I start making the choices that God wants us to make, we get his anointing behind that. And please don't expect him to anoint you. Don't expect him to anoint me. 
He will anoint him. That's why we try to imitate what's in this Bible the best that we can. But watch, even on our best day, even on our Sunday night services, and we're going to have one again tonight. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what the Lord does. Praise God. But watch this. Miriam gets with it, and she starts singing. Her song isn't quite as long as Moses's, but, you know, it's, it's there. Praise God. And so in verse 21, 15 and 21, Exodus, Miriam answered them, and, and he, he sang, she said, Sing unto ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. And what she's doing is just testifying to what God had just done. But watch this. The Bible says in verse 22, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. They're on the journey. And the scripture says, three days. I might have been exaggerating a little bit with Monday morning, but I don't think it's too far off with some of you. Come on. Three days later, the Bible says they didn't find any water. And the Bible says, and when they came to Morah, and they could not drink the waters of Morah, for they were bitter. It says, therefore, the name of it was called Mara, and the people murmured. That's an old-fashioned uh, English word for grumbled. And that's why I can tell by just talking to you for two or three minutes where you're at. And it's not that I'm any better than you, but you want me to start agreeing with that? You want me to join in on that? That's where some people are at. And then when you try to lift them up and you try to tell them good things and stuff like that, you're shaming them or you're telling them they're not. No, that's not what that is. That's trying to help you to understand that's not where you're supposed to be. His blood's worth more than that, praise God. He's done so much for you already, he wouldn't have to do anything else for you for the rest of your life. And so here they are. God just delivered them three days ago from one of the greatest armies in the world. And here they can't find any water. And so they start grumbling. And the Bible says, what are we going to drink? And the Bible says, he called unto the Lord. Isn't it? You better thank God for a man of God who won't join in on the grumbling. But a man of God who will get down on his knees or whatever it takes and say, God, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do? Instead of joining in with, with, the, with the other fiasco. And the Bible says, as soon as Moses did that, praise God, the Bible says he cried unto the Lord in verse 25, and the Lord showed him a tree. We talked about types and shadows Thursday night. There's another one right there. That God chose a tree, praise God. And the Bible says that he instructed him to cast it into the waters, and the bitter waters were turned sweet. That's why I'm telling you, folks, don't go back. Because you're not going to find that when you go back. You're going to find the same mess that God delivered you out of. And that's as simple as it gets. That's why he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He puts a song in my heart to stay, a song of praise. Hallelujah. You see, God has already understood that you and I have got a journey that we got to make. And he's already laid provision for us so that that journey, praise God, can be, um, you know, can, can be withstood in Jesus' name. Now, I don't know where you're at with your journey with God right now. 
you know. I got a fairly good idea of this church, you know. But I, sometimes I, you know, I miss things and that type of thing. But wherever you're at with that journey in the Lord, praise God, I think it would be a good thing if we would stand right now and come to this altar and begin to lift up our hands, maybe in surrender first. Come on. Maybe that's where we need to get back to, that simple idea that, God, I surrender all. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I'm telling you, God is here to answer the cry. He's here to answer the cry of the lonely. He's here to answer the cry, praise God, of the downtrodden. He's here to answer every cry that you have. Come on. But he's not going to do it your way. He's going to keep doing it his way. Come on, come on. Lift up your voices now. Come on. This needs to be something that we vocalize. This needs to be something that we're not ashamed of. When we make mistakes, we're not ashamed to come to God and admit that to him. Come on. I'm telling you right now, God is setting somebody free in this place right here. Right now. Come on. The captive is being set free. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I'm telling you right now, the captive is being set free mm, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be to the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody's going to get those bitter waters turned into sweet. Come on, God's going to turn those bitter waters into sweet. Come on, that's what he's doing in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's what I'm telling you. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, this is the time. This is the time. Oh, in the name of Jesus, yes. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, the bitter waters are going to turn to sweet because he did it, because of his tree, because of his blood. Come on, I'm telling you right now, yes. Come on, somebody that has the Holy Ghost, you need to begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Come on, you need to be praying in the Spirit. Come on, in the name of Jesus, that Spirit is designed to renew you. That Spirit is designed to enhance what God has given you through the Word. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Don't be embarrassed by that. Come on. This is our privilege. We've been filled with His Spirit. Come on. We're not embarrassed by that. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. I'm telling you right now, God is here for special things. In the name of Jesus, come on. Right now. Right now, He's doing it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you. Come on, dig in a little bit. Let's take a few minutes. Come on, we got some time here. Come on, we got some time that God can deliver. God can give. God can give us the law. He can begin to write some things on our heart. Come on, that's what he wants to do. He wants to write them in our heart. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't you lay your hands on that person next to you right now? Come on, let's lay our hands on. Let's get some unity in this place. Come on, this is our day. This is our message. This is our journey. Come on, God is not going to, he's not going to make anybody do anything, but he's given you a mind to make some good choices. He's given you a mind so that you can choose. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Come on, that's what we need to do. That's why we need to surrender. We need to say, God, I'm going to, I am going to serve you you. I am going to let you become the Lord of my life. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, come on. Come on, I sense that right now. Come on, it's in deep right now. God is able. In the name of Jesus. Come on, he is able. He is able to do exceeding abundant. Come on, that's right. Come on, let's push. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, that's right. Come on, come on, in the name of Jesus. I will choose this day to serve the Lord. I will choose this day to do it his way. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We used to sing, we used to sing a, a simple chorus that, uh, that, that made sense to me. And I just kind of want to end it with this and then we'll continue tonight. There's lots of things that God has already got started here. And that's good. That's one of the reasons I do like the two service Sundays. I, I really do. I feel like it really does give uh, time for that. But it says, the, 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 the chorus just says, and Sister Carnan, I, I think we have it as, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I now we're going to sing it again here in just a second, but I feel from the Lord right now that there's several of you, you need to take this course home with you. And when you pray this week, you need to make that song known with those hands lifted up and those palms out. Now I'm not trying to be, get ritualistic here. I'm trying to help somebody, and there's several of you that need to break through a tremendous, tremendous thick veneer. That life your mind, the world has put it there. And it needs to be broken. That veneer needs to be broken. And God wants to do that. He's already started the process here in this church service. He's already started that. That God wants to change your mindset. That's what the issue is. And he's going to give you several things that you can do. And it's like a lot of things with God. God will give us something to do and then he will literally just watch and see how we respond to that. And that's why choice is so important. It's because even though he's powerful, even though he's great, he still does not violate the human will. He allows you to make that choice. But when you make that choice, you're on one side or the other. Now, the anointing of the Lord not only breaks the yoke, but it destroys it. That's why we can leave and really literally say, I'm not going back. Because God has destroyed the thing in our life that, would, that, that, that was the culprit. And so, surrendering to God is one of the first keys that we get into the habit of doing. Let's try it again. Close your eyes. I surrender all, 
I surrender all, all to ye, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Yes, now listen to this. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His service daily live. Let's sing it again. I surrender all. Come on, I feel the anointing of the Lord here. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. One more time, the chorus. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Let's show him that one more time by lifting up our hands. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.